Recorded live. Good evening, good evening, and welcome to Missionaries for Christ World Outreach Church. Tonight is our Bible study night. Amen. Tonight we're going to continue with our study on the Joseph Calling. The Joseph Calling. Let us begin with a word of prayer. God, we thank you and we praise you. Oh, Lord, we magnify your holy name. God, we thank you for this time of fellowship. We thank you, Lord, for your word. Now, Father, as we begin to study, oh, God, this lesson on Joseph, God, we ask you that you would open up our understanding, oh, God. Give us clearer vision, oh, God, for our call, for the call that you have on our lives, for the work that you have set apart for us to do, oh, God, that we may go into the vineyard and work for you. Now, Father, we ask you that you will bless every listener, oh, God, on this call in a mighty way. In the name of Jesus, we do pray. Amen. 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 Once again, I want to welcome those of you that are listening in to our Bible study night as we are continuing with our study on the Joseph Calling. Amen. As we um, just go through a small recap, we know that the Joseph Calling is a call to the marketplace or a call that a person goes through or a process of adversity that a person may go through in order to become a spiritual and physical provider for others. understanding that we are not just saved for ourselves, but we are saved to help bring others into the kingdom. So as we are a spiritual provider, we share our testimonies, we share our witness of God's word, we share all that we have learned about the Father to others. And as a physical, we may even need to provide food or shelter or finances to help someone to come to a better place of knowing the Lord Jesus as their personal Savior. But God wants to position his children and he wants to mold us and make us that we can be in that position of being a marketplace provider, being a marketplace witness for others to be able to come into the the body of Christ and understand that when we talk about a marketplace, we're talking about a process. And that process often is a process of adversity, of trouble, of trying times, And during these times, God is teaching you and he is leading you and he is building you so that you'll be able to stand in the position that he has called for us to stand in. Amen? Amen. Um, Understand that we all have been called. The calling on our lives is not just um, for the preacher. It's not just called for the pastor or for the five-fold ministry gifts. But the call on your life is to be a witness. Amen? And so that that witness call is one that we all must um, endure. It's one that we all must step up to the plate to. Um, And if we try to dodge the call, we'll find ourselves entangled in all types of a web of disappointment and confusion and disgust and so on and so on. And it is wide me and, oh, my God, help me, my, 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 my. And you're wondering why your life is going into this continual circle and you're not moving anywhere. You're just going round and round and you can't figure out why you're going round and round. Often it's because that you have not accepted the challenge that God is trying to build you toward um, moving in that direction. Amen. The call is a call that uh, assignment that will require you to have some experiences in life. And those experiences may not be pleasant all the time. Amen. Um, The call to step out and be a witness is not always a pleasant experience. Um, You may have, you may 
God may prompt your heart to witness to somebody, and that person, when you look at them, you know they don't want to talk to you. <laughs> they, you know that they're going to turn their back on you, and you know that they are not interested in what you have to say, but that's an assignment that is given to you. And often when God gives us these assignments, he's there with us. Uh, one thing about it, we can always trust and believe that God is with us wherever we may go. Amen? Um, again, as I talked about earlier, if we refuse to call, we find ourselves entangled in uh, 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 and contained in a web of confusion and disgust and disappointment, wondering why God is not hearing your prayers, wondering why God is not answering your prayers, wondering why God is not is just not being where you think he is should be for you, but it's often because we are not in our position. One of the keys to um, receiving our call and being able to walk in our call is our relationship with the Father. And that's kind of a, a, a tight place because often we don't really consider that relationship because we don't necessarily see the Father in the human presence in our lives. But he's there, and he wants the same type of relationship or a better relationship than what you have with your earthly people that you see on a regular basis, understanding that when we have that relationship with the Father, as we are going through our trials and our tribulations, as we, as we are going through the adversity, that God will give us peace in the middle of that storm. He will give us, not only will he give us peace, he will give us um, direction. He will give us strength and ability to weather that storm. Amen? Amen. Um, note that while we're going through, um, God is with us. If we look at Psalm 23 and beginning at verse 1, it tells us very clearly and very distinctly, it says that the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He makes me to lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside the still waters. He restores my soul. He leads me in the path of righteousness for his name's sake. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for you are with me, your rod and your staff. They comfort me. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemy. You anoint my head with oil. My cup runs over. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. So here, right there, we are guaranteed that we're not alone. Amen. We're guaranteed that even when we face adversity, that our Father is there with us. We're guaranteed that we're going to be taken care of even in these dark moments that we may be experiencing. Amen? Mm -hmm. So understand that when God calls us to the marketplace and we're forced to have to deal with some adversities and some trials and some tribulations and even some isolation, understand that we are never alone. Not only will he not um, leave us alone, he will also send us a support team. He will send us people to help coach us along the way, to encourage us, and you will be surprised you will get that coaching and that encouragement from the least likely person that you could even imagine. You, it may be even from out of the mouth of a child. Um, there's a scripture that talks about out of the mouth of babes and sucklings. Out of the, you know, you will be surprised. Like this little kid says this to me, and it goes along with what God is trying to teach you and where God is trying to lead you. So understand that not only will He, His Spirit, be there with you. And, and he has his angels encamped around you, but he also will give you people, human people along the way to help carry you through these situations. They're not going to carry you all the way to the end, but they could be that support to help you get across one river or help you get out of this dark alley or help you to get past this storm that you may be facing at this particular time. Amen? Amen. Amen. Not only during this time um, that um, 
that God is, is, is with us, understand that this time is a teaching and it's a training moment. It's almost like a, a, a person in the Army, when you're in boot camp, you know, when they go to boot camp, they have to go through some hard stuff. They have to get up early in the morning. They have to they endure a lot of physical and, and, and verbal abuse in order to change their mindset, to get their minds conditioned and get their bodies conditioned for the battle that is ahead. During this time, God is going to take us through what we call kind of a boot camp type of situation, and you will be surprised because he will allow you to have some of the most profound experiences. You will find yourself in a place where um, people that you have been trusting in and have been right there by you forever seem like that person is those are the people that are betraying. You're like, what? How does this happen? What does this mean? How does this come to play that someone that I have trusted in, someone that I have that has been my support team all these years is a person that is now against me. You will find yourself where you're even becoming disconnected in some relationships that you've had in the past. He's like, wait a minute, why does it seem like this person or that person is pulling away from me? Why is it, does it seem like I'm, I'm being put in a place where I'm, I'm all alone? Why? You know, you begin to ask yourself why. Well, don't ask the question why. Just say, okay, Lord, what is it that I should do at this time? How do you want me to weather this? What is it I need to understand? What is it I need to, to learn? God gives you an opportunity to see you for who you are. Because a lot of times we wear a lot of masks, you know. The people in the body of Christ, I say oftentimes if Hollywood was looking for some actors and some actresses, he could come right to the body of Christ and he could, they could get some people and they would be able to uh, uh, do an Academy Award winning uh, production because so often we wear a mask. When we go to church on Sunday, we have this mask on. We have this, sometimes we have this facade on that we are who we look like we are, whatever that may be. And so we often have these looks and we have these these uh, uh, ideologies where we allow people to have these ideas about us that we look like, that we got it all together, that most of the time we're the most broken and torn people uh, apart from those that are in the world. Amen? And we understand that their brokenness and their tornness because they don't have a connection. But our brokenness and our tornness should not be because we don't have a connection but it should be because our connection is building us up. And so that it, it shouldn't be uh, the same type of loneliness or brokenness that the world has, but it should be different because we know that even though I may feel broken, I may feel torn, my father is with me. And I know that he's going to bring me through whatever it is that I may be facing at this time. God is taking you through a building process where you can stand, stand on your own two feet and be able to see what it is that God wants you to do. I often like to encourage people that during this time, if no other time, but during this time is a time that you need to journal. You need to write. What are you learning? Because often when God brings us out of that situation, we may we will forget some of the details of what happened while we were in that situation. So we often will not give a true testimony, and our testimonies are necessary so that others can be won by our testimony, so that others can see, I'm not alone. I'm not the only one that feels like I'm going through the valley of the shadow of death. I'm not the only one that seems like the whole the weight of the whole world is on my shoulder. I'm not the only one that seems like my kids are going crazy, my husband and lost his mind. I am not the only one that's in that predicament. There is someone else that has had the same type of experiences that I am experiencing, and now I can be encouraged by hearing their true testimony. Amen? Yeah. Any questions yeah. about this? 
before we move on? Do we have any listeners for this tonight? The Amen, amen. Welcome to class. Welcome to class. So as we continue on and we are thinking about um, this process in which we must go through, we understand that there are six stages that are included in this calling. That is the first stage, which is the recruitment stage, where God is calling us. And understand that recruitment stage um, is one that has been set apart for us. And every believer is called, okay? Every believer is called to do something greater than what we do. Amen? Every believer is called. Now, every believer may not be called to the pulpit to preach, but every believer is called to be, if nothing else, a great witness for the kingdom. Every kingdom, every believer is called to be a provider in the marketplace, to give back so that others will come to know Christ in a better way. Um, understand that our second stage is the development stage, and during this stage, God is going to give you an opportunity to be developed and uh, uh I always think about the the potter, the story of the potter, potter uh, on the potter's wheel. He has the clay on the wheel, and as he goes through it, he's molding it and he's shaping it, and then they, it, you know, get to a certain point, and he thinks it's almost perfect, and he see there's a smudge or there's a crack. So what he has to do, he has to take it and break it back up, mold it back into a ball, and start all over again until the uh, the the mold is perfect to what it is he desired for it to be. And so that's how we are. A lot of times we're on the potter's wheel on a very consistent basis so that we don't learn the lesson the first time, we may have to do it again. You know, it's just like in school. If you don't pass the test the first time, you're going to have to take that test again. If you don't pass it again, you have to take that test again. And some tests, they keep coming and keep coming uh, uh, until they, they till you actually pass the test. Amen? And so when you're on that potter's wheel, God is molding you. And all the time when that clay is being molded, it don't feel good. Okay, when we're going through a molding period, it's not a time that it feels good. It's not a time that it makes our flesh happy. You understand? But as as long as our relationship is building and being strong with the Father, our flesh can be unhappy, but our spirit can be happy in the Lord. Amen? Amen. Amen. So now after we go through our development stage, then the next stage is our isolation stage. And this is the stage that I actually like to encourage us to write. Because then we get to write our true feelings. We get to write our true testimony. So when we get up to share our testimony, we're sharing our true testimony. Because once God brings you through, a lot of times, and I think this is where the body of Christ kind of gets a little bit thrown when you have uh, people who are successful. Because we see them at their level of success and not necessarily see them when they're on the potter's wheel or not necessarily see them when they're going through their molding stage. Don't necessarily see them when they're going through their character development or their isolation state. So we don't see that part. We don't normally see them until they've reached the top and they, their finances are good and their ministry is good and their family is good. That's when we normally see them. And so we don't realize that they have to go through something to get there. And some people have to go through more things than others. But whatever it is, we all have to go through something to get to where God wants us to be. If we go back and we look at Joseph, Joseph started out, I mean, he was already, he already had favor. He had favor with God. He had favor with his father because his father gave him that very nice coat. But then he didn't have favor with his siblings, the people that lived in the hospital, his own brothers. Okay, and they, they took him out and they, they had plotted to kill him. They thought about, well, we don't want to kill him. You know, that may not be a good idea. So they went on and they ended up selling him as a slave. And then even after being sold as a slave, he ended up in prison. 
on a couple of occasions. But even while he was going through, God was with him because he had, he had the favor of God on his life because everywhere he went, he got a high-ranking position. Even as a, a, a part of the prison system, he got a position that he was over all the other prisoners. So understand that everybody goes through this breaking and this molding and this character development stage in order to get to the end where he was the one that actually had the food and he actually had uh, the, the, uh, the resources to give back to his family who was uh, struggling at that time. Amen? Amen. Understand that we're going to experience some betrayal. Okay, that's important. Um, just as Jesus was uh, uh, betrayed, we're going to have to experience some betrayal. That's a part, again, of our molding. That's a part of our building. That's a part of our character uh, uh, redevelopment. Um, as believers, um, we have to go through these character redevelopments because sometimes we get a little bit thrown by who we think we are. We get a little bit crossed by, you know, because, you know, people can say, oh, you sang so good. Oh, you did this so good. Oh, you spoke so well. Oh, this, that, or the other. And we kind of get a little haughty or a little built up in our in our character. We get a little, little big-headed, you know. And so we have to go through this, these character uh, rebuilding stages because our character is a little off off track, amen. Our, our character is a little bit out of whack, and God wants us to be humble, humble ourselves so that we can be used. If we're not humble, we can't be used. God can't use haughty people. He cannot use people who are puffed up and are arrogant. He can't use us because uh, we'll get to the a person like that will get to the place where they feel like I, I saved all these people. Yeah, all these people in this church, they came to this church because I, I saved them. I preached them. I preached the devil out of them. And so they got saved. Or, you know, or I sang the devil out of them, you know, and they all came to Christ because they heard me sing. You know, it's not about you. It's not about us. It's all about Christ. So it's not for us to, God doesn't want us to be haughty. So sometimes we have to go through those betrayals. We have to go through those broken moments. Uh, we have to go through. Uh, sometimes we have to go back and we have to even go through forgiveness process where we are forgiving others and we're being forgiven for things that we have done because we've gotten a little bit beside ourselves. Amen? Amen. Amen. Any questions or thoughts before I move on? Any interjections? Amen. Um, lastly, we go through, nextly we go through the stage, which is called the problem-solving stage, where as you're learning and you're drawing closer to Christ, God will begin to teach you uh, what it is he wants you to know. And as he's teaching you, you learn to solve some situations in your own life. You learn to solve some problems where you're able to not only navigate your life better, but you help to navigate the lives of others. You help to uh, uh, teach people and witness to them about the different things of Christ where you're able to share God's word. Um, so often people want advice, but... Um, we want to share human advice, but sometimes God wants us to share godly advice because when you share godly advice, you change the conversation uh, and the mindset of the people who you are sharing with, amen? So they're already thinking in a manner of just worldly ideas. You want to help bring those ideas into a godly perspective so that their conversation becomes more Christ-like, so that their ideas and their thinking process becomes more uh, Christ-like. Amen? Amen. As we move along, we want to, um, our next part of our lesson is actually an activity. And we want to just begin to talk about our purpose. So now that we know 
that we are all called to the marketplace. And we can just, I'm sure if you look back over your life, you can see some places where you'd be like, okay, God, uh, did you hear me? Do you know I'm your kid? You know, like, why do I have to face this? Why am I experiencing this? You know, we can look back over our lives and we can see where we've had adversity. We can see where we've had um, uh, trying situations. We can see where we were a little, and I know me, me personally, I'm a little baffled by whether or not the Lord was going to, you know, help me out of some of the situations that I was facing. But then as I look back over my life, I could see some of the, see the purpose in which God had taken me through some of those things. I understand better the purpose while why our family experienced homelessness. I, I understand uh, better why my, even my upbringing, the way I was brought up with my parents, I understand some of the, why my upbringing was the difference that it was because God had a specific call for my life, not just a call, but he had a specific call for my life. And I can, as I can think back over my life, ever since I could remember, I've always been uh, kind of in a leadership position. I've always been the one that was out by myself, so to speak. Uh, somebody called it gangster, but I don't think it was gangster. I just was kind of out by myself. I was always kind of a loner because I'm always thinking. I'm always trying to figure out ideas. I'm always trying to bring things together. And so as I look back over my life, even in my childhood growing up, I was just like I am similar to as I am today. Now I'm a little bit bolder and a little bit more boisterous because I know understand my authority a lot better. But as a kid, like a dog will say stuff, and if it was foul or it was wrong, I would come back and say, so is that why we're doing it like that? Because that ain't what mama said, how it was supposed to go. And, you know, back in the day, grown folks say, you stay out of grown folks' business. And, you know, they want to hit you in the mouth and all that kind of stuff. But I understand now why I was like that, because God was, even as a child, was molding me, and he was preparing me to be who it is he has called me to be today. And I have not reached where he wants me to go. There's more that he has for me to do, but I'm in the process of getting where God wants me to go. So as we look at our activity, we want to think about our purpose as a marketplace witness, uh, understand that we have a uh, responsibility to be both a spiritual and a physical provider for others. I want you to just take a couple of minutes and think about yourself. And uh, when we come back together on next week, I want you to kind of have this kind of wrote down. But I want, as you're thinking about yourself, think about your attributes. Think about the things that make you. What, are the, what is the core of you that says who you are? And then we want to create a statement of five to seven words that define uh, God's purpose for you. Because a lot of times, like, people say, I don't know what God wants me to do. I don't know what God wants me to do. But if you sit down and you just write down all the things that kind of identifies you, that, that, that make up your DNA, your spiritual DNA, and your natural DNA, things that you could just do without thinking about it, things that just come natural for you, you'll begin to see what it is God has called you to do. Um, one of the things that I know without a shadow of a doubt, I don't care what nobody say, day or night, but you can wake me up in the middle of the night out of my sleep, you can catch me uh, wherever God has called me to teach. And I know that without a shadow of a doubt. That is one thing that I don't, I don't have a second thought about. I don't have a second anything about. Some other things that God has called me to do, sometimes I have a second thought about. But teaching is not one of those things. That any time that I'm given the opportunity to teach it, even when I'm not given the opportunity to teach, I will take the opportunity to teach. You know, if God, especially if God has given me something, I want to share and I want to encourage others to be stronger in their walk. So, 
Um, I want you to think about that, and I just want you to kind of have that together for next week where you're going to write down your write down the words that list that identifies your attributes and then kind of create a statement for yourself. And then I just kind of want us to talk about it because, again, once you know who you are and what you were created for, then you can better do your job. You know, I'm just a firm believer of that. Um, started a new job on this week, and one of the things that I say, okay, so I just need to, need to know exactly what it is y'all want me to do. So once I know what it is you want me to do, I don't need no more instructions. Just tell me what you want done, and I'll get it accomplished. Um, and so that's what I'm looking forward to. Somebody give me some good instructions. <laughs> amen. amen. Amen, amen. Once you know, uh, know God, are there any questions before I move on? No. Okay. Once you know um, God, and then you understand and learn about the uh, attributes in which he has deposited in you, and it begins to help reveal your gifts and your talents and your passion. Um, I often tell young people, like when they say, well, I want to be a doctor, I want to be a teacher, I want to be this, I want to be that. I often ask them, as you're thinking about your career for life, think about what it is that you could do for free. What is one thing that you could do every day and if anybody pay you to do it, you could still do it because you enjoy what you're doing. And often that is your passion. Often that is your gift. And it is often is, is a gift that is given to you for you to give back to the body of Christ. Now, um, there's a verse of scripture that talks about your gift will make room for you and place, place you before great men. So as God gives you these gifts, as you begin to horn in on that gift and you begin to to build it up and to, to nurture it and to make it make it strong, then that God will give you an opportunity to allow that gift to do just what his word says, make room for you and put you before a great man. It allows it to be able to be not just a blessing to the people that you're giving, but also a blessing back into your own life. Amen? Amen. Understanding your unique gifts and talents and passions helps you to better discover your purpose. And that's important because, again, I've had people ask me, but, Pastor, I don't know. I don't know. What, what is it God want me to do? I keep praying and keep praying, and God is not telling me nothing. Well, he don't have to tell you anything because he's been telling you what he wants you to do all your life. As you've been from uh, every stage of your life, God has been showing you more and more things. He's been giving you more talents, and he's been giving you more gifts, and he's been showing you more and more, and it's up to you to discover what it is he has given you. And, one, and sometimes we don't discover it because we don't ever sit down and really think about it, okay? Sit down and really think about what it is that God has for me to do. What is it that I really enjoy doing? There are some people that I've been called to just uh, um, serve. Um, I remember um, um, one lady at our former church, her, she used to just go and visit the sick, and she was good with that. And she could go and she visit the sick and she could encourage the, the sick people and it was just amazing. Like, I wish I could be like her. I wish I could go and encourage people like that. And folks sitting up there on their, laying up there almost on their dying bed, and she have them laughing and bring joy back into uh, uh, even this bad situation that they may be facing. And, and that was just her gift. That was her gift to just love on sick people and encourage sick people. Now, that may not be your gift, you know, because you may be sensitive like I am. Sometimes when I see people sick and I see people in bad conditions, I might cry with them. <laughs> so that's not a necessarily a good place for me to go. But there are some things that you don't mind doing, that you enjoy doing. Um, 
got a relative who has a minute who does a ministry and they go to the hospitals and they 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 go to the hospital and pray for people um got a friend who does a a, a, a street ministry you know and and this is what God has called them to do, and they do these things, and they do them well. Why? Because this is what God has called them to do. Well, how do they know that that's what God called them to do? Well, when they, they took a step out and they tried it and they started doing it, it became a joy to them to do. It became a place of comfort. Um, I had another friend who tried their hand at a food ministry outreach like we do, and they was like, uh, you know what, Pastor? We appreciate you all helping us and guiding us through this, but this is not our call. This is not something that we're called to do because it was a chore for them. It was work for them. It was complicated for them. And so they understood that that wasn't their call. And so they, when you find out that something is not your call, then you don't push yourself through it. You don't push through it trying to make it happen just because everybody else is doing it. But you find where you work well, and you do it, and you do it to the best of your ability. Giving God all the glory and the honor in your work, God in turn will bless you, and not only bless you, but bless those in whom you are serving. Amen? Mm-hmm. It is important for us to understand that the statement that you create about yourself is unique to you. No two persons have the exact same statement because God has called us. He's made us all different individuals. And there are some things that even if two people are doing the same job and two people have a passion for the same job, even there is still a difference in those two people. I met a teacher on today who uh, taught English, and she taught English well. I mean, like I enjoyed, literally enjoyed her English class, and I think she's a dynamic teacher, but she has poor people skills. So when she comes out of her fog of, of teaching and, and getting this lesson across um, to, the, to the young people, when she come out of it, her communication with the young people is poor because she has poor people skills. Now, she could have a passion to do teaching, but it doesn't come with the communication skills or the people skills that also should be also a part of what she does because you have to, in order to teach, you got to talk to people, you know. And so... Um, I said that to say that no two people, even if you're working in the same field, as God has called you to the same field, no two people are the same. Amen. Amen. Any questions or thoughts? Okay. Um, let us move on. Yes, Pastor. Yes, how do you know what you're calling exactly? Well, as I as we talked about a moment ago, you you do your um list of attributes and characteristics that that you that that describe you you write down a list of things that kind of describe you and you just kind of uh once you write down those things you begin to think about yourself as an individual there are some things that that you will find that you've done in life uh some jobs or some tasks that you have done that you really didn't like it didn't matter how how you know you might have did it and you, you went because whatever you really didn't like, but then there are others that you really enjoy. And so as you narrow that, that list down to those things that really uh, brought you joy and that things that really uh, gave you encouragement even as you were doing it, then as you narrow those things down, you begin to see where you fit in. Um, even as you're writing down your attributes, and the attributes you want to write down, even jobs that you've had. Um, let me see. I can't think of a job that I've had that I did not like. 
Just for the most part, most of my life, I've worked where I've enjoyed working. I worked at the grocery store, but I enjoyed talking to people. So even it, even working at the at grocery store, people, communicating with people at that level was still a joy for me. Um, and I think that, that carries over into our food ministry. So I like talking to the people doing the food ministry. I don't know if I like loading the bags up, but I enjoy talking to people doing food ministry, Pastor. How do I know my attributes and the things that I like to Hmm, that's a very good question. Because I might like to smoke weed. <laughs> well, there are certain things that line that don't line up with the word of God. Period. Okay. Um, so um I don't know but anyway, there are certain things that don't line up with the word of God. And so if it doesn't line up with his word, you know that it doesn't please God. You might like women. You might like uh, whoredom, okay? You know that doesn't please God. Some people like alternative lifestyles. You know that doesn't please God, you know? Um, if it's something that is that you know is against the will and the word of God, then you just know that that's, that it's not going to please him, you know? Um so, um, yeah, so does that answer your question? Amen. All right, any more questions? Amen. 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 Um, so as we're going through our character development season, when we're thinking about ourselves, um, even think about people who have mentored you um, and some things that they have told you because often – um, people can see sometimes our good works that we don't see. You know, it's like, oh, you really are very good with the young people. And you're like, really? You know, and um, and you really could be a person that's good with young people, but you don't necessarily see that you're good with young people because sometimes we just see things through our own set of vision that may be not positive but could possibly end up in a in a negative in the way that we see them. Amen. But God has called us all to something. He's called us all to a special assignment that will extend outside of our desires sometimes because in order to do the work for the kingdom, it means that it's going to take some stretching and some pulling. It's going to make us do some things that we don't necessarily want to do but once you start doing it, you will enjoy. You will enjoy it. It will be a pleasure to you. But uh, one of the hardest things is for us to get out of our routine, to break the mold, um, to break our habits. Amen? And sometimes we have some habits, of course, that do, don't please God. So it's hard sometimes for us to break our habits and actually experience the gifts that God has for us, experience the goodness and the greatness that God has already prepared for us because we just kind of refuse to, to just break those old habits. Amen. Amen. Let's look at Hosea, the second chapter, and verse number, not the whole verse of 15, but the A clause of 15. And it says, And the valley of Angkor as the door of hope. And here it just, that's the, and I just wanted to talk about that small verse because the Valley of Acor is like the Valley of Trouble. And he wants to encourage us that even when you're in Acor, there's a door of hope that he's providing for us. 
So even as you are preparing and you're writing, writing out your own uh, attributes and you're pulling together, God is going to give you a hope for uh, an encouragement through what it is you may be facing. Um, most of all, I want everybody to come to a place where you understand, one, that we are all called to the Joseph experience. We are all called to the market, to be a marketplace witness to others. And I want us to get out of our, our stupors and move forward in Christ. It is impossible for us to actually um, get to where God wants us to do to be if we don't get out of our stupors, if we don't get out of our our own ways, get out of our, get out of our own selfishness, and allow God to really minister to us, allow God to really teach us and lead us and guide us to a new place in Him. Amen. Any questions or thoughts? I got nothing else to say. Those of you that are listening in, do you have any questions or thoughts? Hello? Hello? Did we lose everybody? Everybody wants to do it. Amen. Well, that's going to bring our lesson to an end for tonight. Um, I hope that everybody will take a moment and get their assignment done for next week. We're going to talk about that assignment, and we're going to begin to close out this lesson on Joseph. Amen? Mm-hmm. Yes, sir. Could you um, go over the assignment again? Oh, okay. The assignment um, for next week is for you to create a list of your attributes, your core attributes, and we want to write a five to seven word statement that defines your God-given purpose. Yes, that's Characteristics, things that identify you as you. Mm-hmm. Amen. And it may even include jobs that you've done. Yes, that. Amen. Any more questions to start before we move on? Amen. Well, I thank God for each of you that tuned in on tonight. I pray that something has been said that has encouraged you and has that will stir you, amen, to stir you into um, moving forward. Understanding, again, the last point that I really want to, to, um, to pull out of this lesson is that if you don't accept your call to the marketplace, you're going to find yourself in a very entangled web, and you're going to be constantly wondering, why me, why me, why me? God's not answering my prayers, or he only I asked for this, he only gave me a little bit, or he only brought me a portion of the way. When you're missing out on, on the goodness of the Lord because you refuse to adhere to the call, knowing that whether you accept the call or not, you're going to have some adversity, amen? But accepting that call with the adversity that, that comes along with the call, know that God is going to take you through and he's going to give you peace in the midst of that storm. But not accepting the call, and you're still going to face adversity, and you may face that adversity without God's peace. Amen? Mm-hmm. Amen. Let us close with a word of prayer. God, we thank you and we praise you. Oh, Father, we magnify your holy name. We thank you, O oh God, for this lesson on tonight. Now, Father, we're asking, O oh God, that this lesson will be one that has pumped our hearts and our spirits to move forward and to do a little bit more in the kingdom. Father God, that it will stir us up so that we can become 
marketplace leaders that you have called us to be. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. 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 That'll be all. And we want to thank those of you that are listening in, and we will see you in the morning at 5 a.m. God bless you.